What's up, everybody? Welcome to Leaders of Lifestyle, a podcast all about real estate, sports, and entertainment. Take a deep dive with me into the world of high-end lifestyle and get exposed to the different leaders behind the scenes of it all. So let's get right into it. Welcome, everybody, to Leaders of Lifestyle, your podcast. I'm your host, Michael Ferraro, and this week's guest is a very special one. I know we say that a lot, but there's only uh, uh, a couple times that I've really been so excited to talk to a guest about about so many things because they're so much like myself and have such an amazing story. Today's guest is Angel Nicholas from South Florida. Now, Angel Nicholas is a high-end luxury real estate agent with over half a billion in sales under his belt. Angel has made a name for himself in the luxury market, working with celebrity clients and pro athletes. Being a pro athlete himself, Angel was a professional baseball player straight out of college, signing to the Texas Rangers as a shortstop, and then eventually to Kansas City and internationally, before moving into the real estate world. He's known as the king of the off-market deals and has also just set a new record for the highest price per square foot in Coral Gables. Angel owns the Nicholas Group Real Estate Advisor. He was just ranked and his team was ranked in the Wall Street Journal as a top 20 team in Florida for 2021. And Angel owns his own personal training company. And I have so much to talk to him about. Angel, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for the introduction and thank you for having me. I, I am very uh, flattered. So let's get into it. So you're an athlete and me and you just talked before the podcast started about your adventures in the triathlon world and obviously you're you're an athlete professional athlete at that and then getting into the real estate world you you just kind of i mean i could just i just want to dive in so south florida uh talk about the athletics you were doing growing up kind of how you got into it and then going and making the transition from athlete to unbelievably successful real estate broker. Yes. So, um, so first of all, I was born in Miami. I was actually raised in the Dominican Republic until I was about 13 years old. Um, so I don't know how much you know about baseball, but all we do over there is play baseball. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of yeah. like our way out. So ever since I can remember, I mean, I, I owe my work ethic and the way I do things to sports really, uh, specifically, you know, playing baseball. Um, so it has a lot to do with, with my work ethic today, right? With waking up early and, you know, going and getting to practice and working out and taking care of yourself and doing the little things like stretching, not just working out, um, but all the little things that come with, with trying to be a professional athlete. And I've turned that same work ethic into the game of business, game of real estate. So it's been a huge, uh, a huge influence in how I do do things right now, how I run my team, and really how how I go about life. Yeah, I mean the 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 professional uh, athlete world, which you're now you're so accustomed to, and that you tailor to celebrity clients, high end professional athlete clients, even emerging young athlete clients. There is a lifestyle. And uh, I come from the sports world too. There is a dedication, a lifestyle, a practice regiment, uh, a mindset that comes with them. And so it's interesting that you you made your niche in being able to do that. Do you find there's just a reason why you collab so well with them? 
Uh, I have to say yes, because I understand how they work and how their brain works, right? They, they are obsessed with what they do, right? You kind of have to, you know more than me, to make it to that level, you have to be almost a little cuckoo in the head, right? You have to be obsessed with what you do with your work ethic. And they expect that from any, anyone who they work with, whether it is a financial advisor, real estate advisor, a general contractor. So they, I know what they're expecting, the kind of level of, 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 of service they're expecting, and that's what we provide. Yeah. So because of that, so, I'm able to connect with them, right? Um, and, and I know, you know, I, I just understand their lifestyle and what they're expecting. So I think that gives us an advantage uh, of delivering the best service possible. That's detailed yeah. to them. And go, go. Yes, absolutely. Because it's you have to be, especially in the in in the world of professional athletics. Go back for a second. Talk to me about um, being a being in the pro athlete world and getting as far as you did in baseball and kind of going from where you thought you were going in that world and then having to kind of change careers. So was real estate a plan for you or did you think, hey, listen, baseball, I have the athletic mindset. I'm going in. This is my thing. I'm going to do this for as long as I possibly can do this. And did you ever think of real estate as a plan B or like did you have, you know, like have a plan B over here or did you, would you have all your boats burned and you were baseball? You know, that's such a good question because there's a story behind it. So yes and no. I, ever since I was, I can't even remember. I was remember being, you know, anywhere from six to 12 years old, riding bikes around the Dominican Republic and with my friends, you know, us debating, how much do you think that house is worth? Or how much do you think that house is worth? And those kind of things. <laughs> yeah. So real estate was yeah. always a passion of mine. And again, we were trying to like do comparables when I was a kid riding around. Yeah, doing comps uh, back on your bike. Different neighborhoods. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but it was it, my idea was like, I'm gonna, going to make it to the big leagues and I'm going to invest money in real estate. So I always thought I would be an investor in real estate, which, you know, thank God I am today. Uh, but I never thought I would be selling real estate. As a matter of fact, I never thought I'd be in sales overall. But little did I know, I was in sales my entire life, right? Um, I'm trying to sell my my tools to a team, and you know, you go to tryouts and different things. So everyone is in sales, right? So um, what I what what I thought was my backup plan, since I've always been in in, in into fitness, was oh, I'm going to open up a gym. So I'm going to make it to the big leagues. I'm going to open up a gym, and I'm going to invest in real estate. That was my plan from the beginning. But fast forward, you know, now I'm in the minor leagues, um, you know, some injuries and some other stuff, realizing, man, I'm probably my chances of making it to the big leagues are very, very slim. I uh, decided to leave the game and dive into fitness, where I started working at Equinox. And it was uh, huge for me because I learned so much about fitness, but also learned so a lot about sales. Uh, but not being salesy, right? How to get to people's motivation and needs and then providing a tool that can help them achieve that. Um, right. So that until they, I'm very thankful because uh, that's kind of how I do my real estate business right now when it comes to, to selling and uh, the listing presentation, a buyer's presentation. Um, so from there, how I really got into the real estate business, I was looking for 
a gym. So I started a company called Quality Fitness, where it still exists, and my good friend Nasana Nabrata runs it. And so we offered in-home training, and so we started networking around the neighborhoods and uh, that, that had a gym in their neighborhood or people that had gyms in their house. And it grew fast, and it got to the point that we needed a location to open up a gym. And in the process of looking for that gym, I connected with Irvin Padron, who was a broker at the time. And he told me, man, you should get your license because you have so many good contacts to get your license and get referral fees. So I really got my license originally to be a referral agent. I didn't think that I will be selling real estate as a, you know, professionally uh, as a career. Uh, but when I was doing the real estate agent, uh, real estate license, I didn't do it online. I, I went, I went in person and the teacher was an amazing teacher. And I said to myself, wow, if I learned this language, I'm so passionate about real estate, just like I am about fitness. If I learn this language and I'm able to, to do the same thing I'm doing with fitness, you know, this could be, first of all, very profitable Right. Business and second, I can really help a lot of people because I just need to learn the language and understand what's going on and study the market. And that's what I did. I, I just you know after after getting my license, I went over there and I said, "Look, I think I'm, I want to try this." And the whole fitness idea of the fitness company was kind of running by itself, and I changed my mind of opening a gym and becoming a real estate agent, and that's how the Nicholas Group got started. No way. So you had so you had this whole thing mapped out. And how, how old, to kind of give a perspective, how old were you when all this was going on? Yeah, so exactly 10 years ago, I stopped okay. playing baseball. So okay. then, you know, within from, then I took four years to really to dive into the fitness world and got a, you know, a fitness company to a pretty good size. And from there, went into the real estate business. And I've been at, at it for six years now. So that jump from I got this fitness company to I'm going to now jump into real estate. When you made the jump, and this is it's so interesting. I've interviewed a lot of amazing agents, very high producing agents of all different locations and all different backgrounds. When you made that jump to, okay, I'm going to get into real estate now. Was it like, I know exactly what to do. Everybody's calling me on the phone. I got, I got a bunch of $25 million listings just to do, to, just to list right off the bat. Was it like that for you right off the bat? Not at all. Not at all. Uh, uh, <laughs> the total opposite, actually. Uh, and, okay. and to be honest with you, I thought it would be easier because I thought, man, I have really? all these contacts. They trust me. They know who I am as a man. Like, you know, you get really personal with right. with, with with personal training. And, I, you know, thank, thankfully, I was training high net worth individuals, right? Uh, CEOs and, and, and business owners. So I'm thinking they all buy and sell homes and automatically they're going to give me their listing. So they're going to buy right. properties with me. Right. And I was terribly wrong. Uh, you know, just because they trust you and have a relationship with them doesn't mean that 
they're going to let you do uh, surgery, right, on them, right? right. Uh, so right. I exactly. always like to use this this doctor analogy where just because your cousin just became a heart surgeon doesn't mean that you're going to let them do heart surgery right. on you, right? You're going to go with exactly. the best. You're going to go with the expert. Exactly. Uh, and that's what happened for a long time where I would go to my closest friends and they would tell me, man, you know, that's cool and everything, but... We're going to go with this person who has been doing it for how many like, years? Like, what? I got you jacked. Like, yes, yeah. exactly, exactly, exactly. But, uh, so, but, so, but yeah. So what, yeah, was your, what was your mode from, okay, it's not what I thought it was going to be because I let everybody know I'm in real estate. I sent all my flyers. I sent all my emails. I sent all my texts. Posting pictures that I'm in real estate, people know this, but they're not calling me. They're still using these established professionals or whatever. What was your mode to say, all right, well, now I'm going to kick down the door. I'm going to take this because that's what seems to be the difference, whether it's Leonard or Shelly or Robin or different people that we've had come on. There's something that they do, a switch that goes on that goes on. All right, I'm going to make this happen. And you being a pro athlete, yes. you, know, you are not for lack with a, of grit here. So what was the thing that you did? to actually get it. So no, I'm going to get the buyer. I'm going to get the listing presentations. I'm going to get the listings. What did you, what did you do? So I went into the baseball mentality, right? And I, and I put, I used that analogy, right? So it's kind of the same thing. If, if, if the owner of the Yankees is your dad, for example, he's not going to put you as a starting shortstop because you're his son. You got to add value to the team. So that's what I said is I, I need to, I need to show those people how much value I can add to them. So I went to that. I said, how can I add massive value to these people uh, that they are going to want to work with me? You know, it's not like they're consider working, though. They're going to want to work with me. And that's what I did. I, first of all, my first few deals, I would partner up with someone that knew what was going on. Not only knew what was going on, but also was a market specialist in that area. And then, like I told you earlier, thankfully, I had a great mentor in my first two years of real estate. And he, he technically did that. He said, look, partner up with this person with this deal, partner up with that person with that deal. And in my first two deals, I learned so much. But to be quite honest with you, I didn't start doing stuff just by myself until like my 10th deal. Just because I wanted to provide the best value. And by the time I did my fifth, sixth, and seventh deal, I could have done it by myself. But I was on a mission. I was like, I don't care if I get 50% of this deal. I just want to make sure that I'm providing massive value for this client. Because I want them to be yeah. so crazy about how well this deal went. Not, not, not just that we got top dollar, but the whole process was effortless. They're, they're going to brag so much about the work that we did. That it's, it's going to be referrals forever. Yeah. And ever since then, I just, that was my focus is how can I add massive value for it? And, and until now, you know, the company that the group that I have created is we really pride ourselves on being market specialists, right? So if you call me and you want to buy something on Miami beach, do I know the beach? Yes. But in order to add the most value to you, I'm going to partner up with Seth because Seth knows every single building like the back of his hand. I mean, this guy knows oh one line, oh two, oh three, where the sun comes down, whatever. And I don't know that. So if you're buying something, I want to add the most value to you. It benefits me to partner up with him. Um, so the such same a thing. great so laser focus work mindset. Yeah. 
Yes, yes. So I'm laser focused here, Coral Gables, Coconut Grove. That's my thing. That's what I know the most. And I am the specialist. And every morning I wake up just like I used to do it and take brown balls and hit up, go to the batting cage and do the little things like hitting off the tee, soft toss, batting practice. I have a routine where I do the same thing every single day. I am analyzing what's going on, what's listed, what's pending, what's sold. I'm reading what's going on in today's market. That's the first thing I do. Uh, and then I get my phone calls and contact people. But I am constantly studying what's going on. So, so, you, so again, that's you how were, I add the most value. Got it. Got it. And and in the beginning, just to, to kind of nail this home, were you um, – were you more, were you prospecting a lot in the beginning or were you just really driving home the sphere of influence, really driving home your CRM, really driving home your, your database? Yeah. So my, again, I was, I was, I was confused. I thought that I would just go into my sphere of influence and everyone was going to give me their listings and I was wrong. So I did, I did do that for a little bit and then I dove in into, so I hired a coach. All right. So not only was I, I stopped doing my day to day business, so I wasn't making as much money. Then I said, OK, I'm not making money. Plus, I'm going to hire a coach right now that it was like two thousand dollars a month, which for me at the time was tough. By the way, my daughter was on the way. OK. OK. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, OK, yep. I know that feeling. So I'm going to yep. take in an expense, but I'm not making money. Uh, my daughter's on the way, so that means it's things. My life is about to get a lot more expensive. But I said I, I I know the power of coaching, and I'm going to go ahead and and commit to this to really give it a try. And the coach technically taught me how to prospect and how to do it, and 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 I dove into it. And he said, "Your number one job is to prospect. Nothing else matters. You have to hit." your 25 to 50 contacts a day. And I went all in to practicing, making the phone calls, uh, reading the scripts, right? Videoing myself, doing the whole mirror thing, posture, learning how to read different uh, personalities. So, I mean, I went all in. When I'm telling you I went all in, all in. Uh, and that's how I grew my business, really. It was not my sphere of influence. And people tell me, oh, it was easier for you because you knew baseball players and you knew um, you know, wealthy people in the neighborhood. In the beginning, it was none of that. It was all prospecting, knocking on doors, cold calling the neighborhood, you know, offering things that other people weren't willing to do. And over time, then, then my fear of influence that told me no from the beginning said, oh, Angel just sold there a $2 million dollar house over here. Right. Oh, right. Angel was just talking to me about a deal that he has over here. And then they're saying, oh, okay. And when I talk to him, like he knows what's everything that's going on, what's listed, what's coming to market, what's sold, what's pending before we see it on Zillow or Realtor.com. And then they started saying, okay, yeah, I'm going to give this guy a chance. And over time... Um, more and more people started doing that. And then it's all word of mouth. And then with some marketing behind you, you start uh, doing bigger things. And that's how it happened. That's, that is, that's literally the, so close to the story that, that I have of how I got in the business and the whole thing. Yeah. And that's great for agents to hear, especially agents that are going to hear this or any professional that's going to hear this or see this. 
and immediately count out the whole thing because you're ex-pro athlete and you're in South Florida and, and you're charismatic, good looking and everything is great, right? Everybody just wants to give you, it doesn't, there's nothing wrong with starting off in the business and picking up the phone and being really great at what you're doing and then immersing yourself in the skills that make you the best of what you do. And you have to put in that framework. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. So that's awesome that you told that story and that you've explained that to people. I think that Thank is a you. great segment because let's talk about the king of the off-market deal. What a great yes. article that was written on you. So let's talk about that. Thank During you. COVID, I believe, you've become the king of the off-market deal in print. So that's a real thing. You're now that. So <laughs> I'll take talk it. about it. Let's, Thank you. Let's unpack that. How did that how did that happen? What was strategy? Like what what was what how did it talk to me? I want to know. Yeah, well, it's tough to talk about myself, but since you're asking, <laughs> yeah, please. This is all about uh, well, you. Look, <laughs> I, I've I've been uh, I've been again when I'm talking about massive value, right? Um, I feel like I I have been, you know, this guy of the the king of the off market deals because before COVID, I was bringing value to people. So again, remember my friend will tell me no. He'll yeah. be like, oh, but find me, find me, you know a two minute out of home on the water kind of like, yeah, buddy, you're never going to get that. But you know, right. if you're relentless, constantly knocking on doors out of a hundred people kicking you out and saying, don't contact me away again. One person says, yeah, sure. You know, I'm looking to sell, uh, bring me an offer for $2 million and then I'll bring the deals to these buyers. And that's how it started happening. So most of my deals were off market in the beginning of my, of my real estate, uh, uh, career. So really, that's how I started. And until today, we do a lot of prospecting. You know, now we're at a level that we're getting phone calls when people call us to go list their place, and that's great. But we never stop doing the little things, right? So we're still contacting people. We're still in communication with the neighbor, with the neighbors. And because of COVID, people would tell me, oh, I want to move to Miami, but I can't find anything online. And I would tell them, and you're not going to find anything online. You got to let me know what is it that you're looking for, and then we can go out there and find it for you off market. So, so, so talk, talk about that buyer, buyer sell, because yeah, I had the same idea because inventory is ridiculous. Prices are skyrocketing or, or have, it's a little bit more plateau now, but did you, were you doing this for, Hey, I got to find this property for a buyer. So let me try to find exactly what this house is. Let me try to find it, then cold call that homeowner, or were you doing it more for, I'm going to find a listing to try to list? How, how was that? How did well, you do both, that? both, both. During, before COVID, it was strictly, I want to find the listing. And here and there, I had a right. buyer, literally had a buyer for it. But I had my ways right. going over there and say, hey, look, you know, let me show you why it's a good time to sell now. Um, and most people tell you, well, not right now. And I said, well, what's the benefit of waiting and that, that kind of thing? And they told me, okay, great, I'll sell, but I don't want to put it on the market. So then, I, then, I'll, then I'll do the opposite. Then I'll start calling everyone, hey, I have this home for sale that's not on the market. So I will do it from both ways, right? I was calling to get a listing. The person will say, okay, I'll give you a chance, but it's not to put it on the market. And then I'll, I'll just relentlessly making phone calls. We would just eventually connect the dots. Now, when you wake up every single day, 
and you're con trying to contact, you know, a hundred people a day about a property. I don't know, but after like the third week, somehow just other people, because remember, you're not calling just direct people that can buy it. You're asking, hey, who do you know? And people, when, when people see the grind, people want to help you. And that's kind of what happened to me, I think, where people are now just thinking of me and they're saying, you know, I want to help this guy. And yeah. on top of that, like they knew that I was in line, right? I had a property and I was sending pictures or whatever they were what request. Um, right. And that's, that's how it happened. But yeah, I, I would do it for, to get the listing or secure uh, an agreement so I can go find a buyer. And during COVID, I just, we were overwhelmed with buyers and buyers would say, hey, this is where we're looking for a location. Here's our style. And then we'll connect the dots by cold calling and prospecting, uh, knocking on doors, whatever it takes. As long as, you know, it's not, it it's legal. <laughs> Right, exactly. So let's say we found a, let's say we got a buyer. The buyer's like, listen, give me a, you know, I got a budget of 2.5. It's got to be four bedrooms, you know, five baths. I need at least 3,000 square foot. I want to be direct waterfront. And you're like, what? You know, that's not a thing. But are you bird docking? When I mean bird docking, are you just visually seeing, I know this location, I know these houses, I'm going to get the phone number, I'm going to call those those homeowners? Or are you kind of more looking at, Houses that had put on the market passes and expired, that sort of thing? So I will say all of the above. Um, you know, first of all, some people do call me and say, oh, I want to live in Coral Gables Bayfront for, you know, $5 million. And, you know, you, like as, as the doctor in my business, I got to let them know that that doesn't exist, right? So I wouldn't want to lie to the client and lead them the wrong way. So I will let them know, look, where you what you just said right now does not exist and it, it's not going to uh, perhaps you know you, you want to be in this area at that price point this is what this can get you here in this area unless you want to go up north or way down south but here that doesn't exist um, regardless right. you know again you evaluate the situation and you lead them the right way and then at that point you start making a now, since I've been, since I, this is what helped me, since I have been doing this now for four years, when COVID hit, I had already been in communication with most of the neighbor, of the neighborhood, of the neighbors that had told me yes or no, maybe. So now reaching out to them during COVID was not even a cold call. It was a warm call by now. Um, mm. And starting that conversation it was a lot easier and people were willing to hear from you because it was, you know, it was a weird time. So, but you put, so but yeah, you put so the it, work was, it was a lot easier. Yeah. I had already put the work in for the past. So literally someone will call me and said, I'm looking for a water from home like Gables Estates, for example. And I had already spoken to anyone. And I said, and I will just recall them again. Hey, I don't know what's going on. I'm, 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 I have a buyer in this price point, you know, and do you know if anyone's looking to sell? No, what about you? Have you considered selling? And then we just connect the dots. And, that's, and awesome. that grew and grew and grew and grew. Yeah. Awesome. So you are now, you, you've become established. You've become successful. Uh, like all great athletes, I'm sure you still want to continue to grow and you have goals and aspirations and things you still want to do, of course, like we all do. Um, but you are starting to list some absolutely beautiful properties. There's a property that you sent me uh, today, and that was the 
2930 Brickwell Avenue in Miami. Yeah. For Temple yeah. Brickwell. Is what came on? Yes. 2930 Brickwell Avenue. Uh, we just listed for uh, 10 million for 195. Uh, so just shy of 10.5. And Gorgeous it's an incredible property. Yes, it's an incredible property and, and a ridiculous location. This this location, not to name drop, but I guess it's out there, so it's right. public, I'll say it. Uh, Madonna used to live there, Sylvester Stallone used to live there. So that little quarter mile street um, is considered Millionaire's Row. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's in the middle of everything. So it's North Coconut Grove. So it's still walking distance to the Grove and the, 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 the shops, but you're just at the edge of the beginning of Key Biscayne, Brickell, um, you know, 15 minutes away from Miami Beach. So the location is very central. Yeah. Amazing, and, amazing property. Absolutely. I mean, it's gorgeous. Um, we're leading lifestyle agent real estate group. We love to sell all different kinds of properties, all different kinds of styles. We're the, one of the best when it comes to lifestyle marketing. We love marketing. Um, you obviously have one of the best locations. You're, you have some of the most beautiful marketing. Talk to me a little about and tell us about how you like to market your properties and the style. Are you more video? Um, What's your feeling on marketing property in 2021 to today's consumer? So video is king right now, right? Um, obviously, pictures are very important, for, but people really get a real feel of the house with videos. Um, some properties require more marketing than others. Um, but we really, we really create our marketing for each property, depending on who we think the profile of the buyer is. Okay. Um, so we know how fancy to go, how sexy to go and, or, or not. Uh, but one of the things that has really helped us sell homes is the lifestyle video, actually, meaning we hire a models, right? A mom, dad, and usually it's two to three kids where they're actually living the house, right? So they, come up in a nice car, most likely whoever is gonna buy the home is gonna be driving that similar car. Kids come out of the, everyone, the family comes out of the, the car and the mom goes to the kitchen, prepares a drink, the, the father goes to the office, now the kids jumping into the pool. So living that lifestyle, uh, I feel that gets people emotionally involved saying, wow, I wanna do that, you know, I wanna be there. I, I want to be living that Miami, Florida luxury lifestyle. Right. And I feel that that has helped us a lot. I've seen a, a really good um, return on our investment when it comes to that. Now, your market has exploded. A lot of this, this COVID has been insane because it's, I don't ever remember hearing about or reading a time when everywhere in America at the exact same time was going through almost the exact same stuff. But just speaking from personal experience, you know, that, you know, New York, Hamptons, Connecticut, Connecticut to Florida, and then my area, Lower Fairfield County to Southwest or South Florida, I should say, um, has been insane. So your market blowing up a lot what is that? What have you seen as far as trends in the real estate market from 2021 and on now 
uh, as COVID started, as far as the buyers, we know people are saying, because I, here's what I always thought. Why are you, you have a house in Miami, you have a house in South Florida. Why are you selling? Because everybody wants to come there. Why would you sell? So what's the motivation for that seller selling? And then what are you seeing? Who's the new, who's the buyer coming in now? Yeah. So that's, um, that's a loaded question because in the beginning it was easier because people were willing to pay a premium and still are to pay a premium. Yeah. And then the sellers were saying, okay, great. Before this really blew up, sellers were the early people that this sold was selling for a premium yeah. and then buying their neighbor's house or somewhere around them, you know, perhaps a little bit less, oh. but now it's like, okay, I'll sell for a premium, but now where am I going to go? So that's right. another way where we're getting a lot of business because again, the same thing, where am I going to go? I don't see anything out there that I like. So we get to, we get on the phone and we say, what is it that you're looking for? And we'll find it for you. And we're not going to give up until we do. So, um, so a lot of the motivation for people to sell is, you know, some of them think we're never going to be able to sell our home for this much. Let's take advantage of that market right now and we'll figure it out. We'll rent or perhaps we'll downsize. We go into a different neighborhood, but let's maximize our, our dollars right now, right? Our profitability. Um, but so that's kind of how, how people yeah. are willing to sell these days. Uh, some of them would just want something newer. Most of the locals here, uh, just like any other buyer coming from out of state, wants more space, right? So I remember right before COVID hit, I had some big listings already. I'm talking about an acre, an acre plus, you know, eight to 10 bedrooms, homes that were just sitting on the market because the whole thing of having a big house and lots of square footage was almost not in. Uh, people wanted to minimize their expenses in life and just wanted things easier. Condos were getting a lot of hype. These smaller homes were getting a lot of hype. Um, saying, you know, we don't work from home. We just go there to sleep technically, right? Now things have changed dramatically. Uh, people want more bedrooms. People want 100% the biggest strength is an office. People need yeah, an office sure. in their home. For sure. Right? They don't, it's not like we used to have it in the past. We're like, oh, we'll have a desk in our living room somewhere. And whenever we have to send an email, we'll do it there. No, no, no. They need a separate room for an office. Um, they want bigger lots. They want their kids to be able to run around and perhaps even have a playground in their in their house. Right. So, uh, but I will say the biggest trend I've 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 seen is an office in their house. They need that. And and so you're finding that that seller is not so in our area. I'm selling my house. I'm going to Florida. Right. At a certain age, anybody who's right. selling usually is doing that or I'm going somewhere. I don't know where I'm going to rent for a time. So for what you're finding is I'm not selling my house in South Florida and then I'm going to Kansas. I'm selling my house in South Florida, cashing out, and then I'm probably going to find a house around there. I'll just rent for a little bit and sit on the cash for a little bit. So that's what you're seeing trend wise from sellers. Right. All right. right. That's correct. And then it's and buyers. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to guess, have you seen a trend anywhere with the buyers being younger, older, international, coming from different locations to that specific area in Southwest Florida? Have you seen buyers that are not traditionally there that are now coming in? 
Well, yes, there's the, this whole tech hub is coming down to Miami. Usually mm. they were just consistently in California. Uh, but now they're saying, wow, Miami is really beautiful, great weather. You know, there's a bunch of, you know, restaurants and shops and museums. Plus, if I move down there, I save a lot of money on taxes. Yeah. And these, these, there's a lot of young guys making uh, a lot of profit with their crypto business. And right. just by moving to Florida, the Sunshine State, they're yep. able to save a lot of, lot of capital. Yes. Um, so it's just almost a no brainer. So that's why people are like, oh, I can't believe these people are paying that much money for this house. Two things. First of all, I think that Florida has been extremely undervalued for a very long time. Yep. And second, they don't mind paying a premium because over that over one year where they're going to save in taxes, it's almost like living for free, right? Because they say you pay cash, you get a mortgage with the interest is being so low. The amount of money they're saving in taxes is, is, is technically paying for their mortgage, right? right. So it's, it's a no brainer. And I think it's going to continue for, for a very long time. Yeah. That's great insight in your market. I've always wondered that. I mean, for us, we get people that come up now that are normally, for us, if we're getting vacationers, a lot of times these are Hamptons people that are now moving up here full time. And it's, where's my pool? You know, everybody wants a pool. Everybody's right. got to have that. Do you yes. get people who, when you're so close to the water like you are, do you get people who say, where's my pool? Or do you get a lot of people in your market that say, I'm okay with the pool or not, as long as I'm close to the beach? That sort of thing. Yeah, so here in Miami, pretty much 90% of the homes have a pool unless they're in a location where the lots are extremely small that a pool doesn't right. fit, like a townhouse or something like that. Right. But here, you know, if you're at a house, literally, that is over a million dollars, it's about a 98% chance that it's going to have a pool. So we don't come across, yeah. you know, that issue. If it's in the yeah. lower end, you'll have some people that like say, oh, I want to be under a million dollars and the home has to have a pool. Sure. Uh, sure. But, but most since most of the homes already have pool, we don't it's not a, it's not a big challenge for us. Yeah. Yeah. The big challenge is having that extra bedroom now for the office. Um, you know, mm -hmm. or just overall, people were okay with a ten thousand to fifteen thousand square foot lot. But now they want their kids to be able to go in the backyard and run around and kick a soccer ball. So that's right. the biggest challenge. Like, wow, I like this house. I like the location. I like the pool, but the lot is just a little small for us. We want more space. Mm. That's mm. been the biggest challenge. Have that, are they looking for that patch of grass in the back? Yes, yes, yes. Which I'm not sure how much you know uh, Miami, but there's an area here called Ponce Davis. Mm -hmm. And then another one is called Pinecrest, and they're next to each other. And that area now is so hot because... Really? Those those areas have parcels of an acre plus, so so that's you were for example before COVID, um, well, you know, yeah, I would say before COVID, you were able to buy an acre there for a million to you know anywhere from one point one million to one point two. Mm -hmm. Now an acre there is if you get an acre there for one point five, you are golden. Yeah, and so it went from twenty five a foot to 50 a foot now so wow. almost <laughs> almost 100 percent. 
Yes, it's, and it's incredible. Are you finding that your your buyers are they secondary home buyers, vacation people, or hey, this is full time for me and my family now. This is where we're going. Put my kids in school, or this is where I'm living full time. Yeah, before COVID, you know, New York was a big big feeder market for Miami, and we had a lot of people that would buy vacation homes here. And we're talking about condos, waterfront properties, you know, right on the beach or things like that. Right. But now I will say it's 90% uh, primary homes, right? Gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah. And we have some people, not just from New York, from, from out of state, they're still buying vacation homes. They're saying, I want to go and spend, you know, three to six months in Miami. Uh, and then they go to Europe, Mexico, Brazil, wherever. Um, but but for, I will say 90% in today's world is uh, full-time. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's such an insight in your market. Thank you for all this information. Um, I want to I wanna kind of wrap up again uh, the podcast with talking a little bit more about you. You've been able to be so successful in a short period of time, relatively short compared to a lot of other agents in the game who have done this for a very long time. Um, I'm sure that's a testament to your grit, to your work ethic, to your mindset. Um, take us through what a day looks like for you on a normal work day as far as like your routines. And I'm always interested in that. Being an athlete, I am still structured. I still work out. I still have that mindset where I, there's certain things that need to get done. So um, you're not shagging, you know, fly balls or, or anything like that probably in the morning. But like what's a day look like for you as one of the top brokers right now? What do you do? Exercise routine, breakfast, stuff like that. Yeah, so uh, very similar to when I was playing baseball. So, um, and I'll tell you this quick story because I have to work out in the morning. I have to. I, yeah. It was a time in my life where, well, actually when I hired a coach where, you know, my now my daughter was born, you know, now I'm working two jobs. I was trying to be a personal trainer at the same time, sell real estate. And I, I stopped working out in the morning. And when I hired this coach, we gathered that that was the big missing link is that I stopped working out in the morning. So he said, we need to find, we need to get structure your day. So you start working out again um, in the morning. And that's my thing that gets me going. It gets, it, it structures my entire day. So I wake up, I'm an early bird. Uh, I work, wake out, uh, I wake up at five in the morning, sometimes 4.30. And I have a morning routine, which is super important for me. Well, I have a, a night routine where I plan out, I schedule my entire day before. And I, I, I kind of visualize myself, how I used to play baseball. I visualize myself getting to the ballpark, going to the practice, and, and, and more or less, I already know who was pitching, visualize mm -hmm. what he was throwing me and everything, right? Kind of like how I would like the game to go. Obviously, sometimes it doesn't go that way, so you have to adjust, but at least you, you have an idea. And this, this is scientifically proven the way, you, and you know this, when you visualize things, by the time you get to do it, your body sometimes doesn't know, or your mind doesn't know if you, if you were visualizing or you already went through it. So it's a lot easier, right? If you've already done it before. So that's what I used to do for baseball. And that's what I still do for, for my business, where I schedule my entire day the day before. I visualize it. I end it with three things that I'm grateful for. In the morning, I see 
I, I see it again. I do a little visualizing. I adjust if anything I have to adjust. And then I end it with three things that I'm grateful for. And I usually write down my, my, my goals for the day and then my long-term goals. And that's something that I do every single day. And it keeps me motivated. It keeps me um, structured. And then after that, I go about my workout. I, I work out every day at 6 a.m. in the morning. I come back, I have my breakfast, shower, get to the office, and then I say a few positive affirmations that I, that I like to listen to myself already say. Uh, by the way, a great book that has been a big influence is What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. So I'm Ooh, constantly reading book that book. I haven't heard. Right? That's good. Yes, yes. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's such a simple book, and I'm sure you've heard, you've read similar stuff in other books. But the way he puts it together is, is just, it's just phenomenal. So anyhow, um, and then I just, I read The One Thing. Have you heard about The One Thing? Gary Keller's book, yep. So I, I get the one thing out of the way from the beginning. And the one thing is following up with people that I need to follow up with and my prospecting. That's the first thing I do. And usually it gets going at 9 a.m. I start my prospecting at 9 a.m. from 9 to about 12. And then after that, from the prospecting, the meetings I set up and showings in the afternoon. So that's uh, that's kind of my day in a nutshell. So two questions. One, what's the training look like? Are you, are you functional training, free weights? What comp, what, what's, it, what's the training look like? It changes, but it's been it's been uh it's been functional for a very long time. Uh, it's not like today chest, tomorrow leg, Tuesday yeah, back. Not doing bodybuilding. Like Let's yeah. Well, no. Even though I do enjoy it, and I used to do that a lot. Now you know I don't have much time, and I have to get it in right away. I've been doing, and it's coming to you soon, and you're gonna love it. It's called fifty four D. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't wait for you to do this because now, since I know your story too, and you're an athlete, it's literally set up for athletes. Uh, so it's a program for 54 days. It includes your nutrition and, and a bunch of stuff. Now, this is not a program that you can go in into the second day or third day. You have to commit. It's a max of 30 people in one class. These okay. guys are not your typical coaches. They're ex-professional soccer players. And, um, and they train you like it. So you have to commit, you have to sign, literally sign a contract that you are committed for 54 days. And if you're slacking or if you miss, they kick you out of the program and they give you your money back. Oh, I love it. Uh, and I love it. I love that structure. There's no, you know, there's no BS. You have to show up. You can't call and say, oh, I'm sick. I'm not going to make it today. Or can we do it later? Yeah. You have yeah. to stick to your time and my time is 6 a.m. And uh, so that's what I've been doing. So it's a lot of body weight, high intensity hit within the uh the room to have a ramp you got to spring out the ramp so it's uh it's very wow. functional and that kind of just gets me a high for the rest of the day that's how you are you a coffee drinker i am i am so my brother who's into nutrition and fitness um does a lot of research and he says that coffee is fantastic so i trust him and i've been drinking coffee ever since uh yeah. Yeah, I drink I drink for sure one in the morning yeah. and sometimes in the middle of the day after lunch. It, right. So you yeah, home, it all depends. Yep. Yeah. If you get home at the end of the day, 
you you shut down time with your family the rest of the day and or do you creep back to the computer at you know nine ten o'clock you know i will say uh that's one of my uh, uh i wouldn't say weakness um but it's one thing that i've been working on and and now i've structured a team around me that has helped me uh get things done and and not have to work after hours uh, but you're in the business, you know, sometimes, man, there's, there's a decision making that needs to be done. Oh, yeah. And that decision that came up at 10, 11 p.m. And you have to prepare an addendum. You can't, oh, I'll send it tomorrow. You never know if that person's going to have a dream, change your mind or whatever. So you got to do it. Yeah. And now it's so easy, right? We have a phone. We can just, this is our computer. Uh, right. So I've, I've gotten a lot better at it. Uh, my wife will tell you that. I'm working hard on that, yeah, um, but it's tough, right? It's tough. It's so easy to just, you know, check and follow up and send an email. We receive an email. It's tough to wait until tomorrow to reply. Uh, but yeah, my, my time is 7 p.m. You know, I try not to uh, do any work unless, again, we're in the middle of a closing or something like that. Right. So right. 7 p.m., I'll say, is, is my cutoff time that is just family. Now, I'll say this. I'm working from home now. This is my home. And, you know, within the day, there's times that I'll say, I'm going to block this hour to go and be with my daughter for a second. And just days during the week, I'll say, okay, you know, on Wednesday, I'm going to go have lunch with my wife, just us, and I'm not going to look at my phone. So I think that's super important. And it's been a, it's so a hard very healthy that. habit that I've started. It's so hard. It's the hardest thing for me to do. So um Especially when you have big deals going on, which now, you know, we technically always have a big deal going on. So my wife told me, like, oh, I, my excuse was, baby, you know, we just have a big deal going on. I said, but you always have a big deal going on. So, <laughs> well, that's a good so thing, like, oh, though. That's a good yeah. thing. Yeah. I'm like, maybe that's a good thing. I was like, yeah, but we're going to have time with you. So, yeah, uh, yeah. so yeah, I've put things in place for that and they, they've been helping me. And uh, yeah, I've read the, the four hour work week. And even fair. though that is not a hundred percent accurate, there's a lot of little tools that uh, that have helped me. I I have my big. We are so similar, and I that's obviously because of our backgrounds. And you have to be yes. structured to get to a certain life level. I think um, I've been working a lot on, um, like, I work from home too a ton. Obviously, everybody from in COVID times, and sometimes my son will come downstairs. I have a four and six year old and my son will just say, you know, dad, can you come swim with us? I'm just learning this new stroke or something like that. And I'll be in the middle of something. And it's so easy for me to just be like, daddy's working. Cause I can do that, but he doesn't care. I can tell my yes. wife I have a big deal. He doesn't care. Yes. That 30 minutes with him is the, all he wanted. You know, he doesn't care if I'm going to make a hundred grand on this. doesn't matter. I could say, look, are you going to make a hundred grand? I'll buy you the two remote control, uh, whatever you want. He doesn't care. So yes, learning that and having them home gives you that because when they're at school or when, you know, not normally it was never like that. But, um, when I worked from home pretty much full time this year and I took care of the four and six year old during the year. So I was a stay at home dad and did that this year. So I saw that firsthand. Like you're, you're like, I'm like, daddy's got a $9 million deal and he's got it. Nope. Okay. So you want to do this. And that's what we're, so it's just, it's like to in you, my man. Face. 
it's just was a crazy time, but I, but I, I hear it. And, and I think that's something we could all work on is like, just understand, especially if, if you're a younger broker and you got young kids, it's the hardest oh, thing yeah. in the world to like fight that feeling of like, I got to do this. I got to do this. Um, but the Tim Ferriss four hour work week, awesome book. Um, I want to say, uh, again, thank you so much for coming on. You have a wealth of knowledge. Your stories are phenomenal. Uh, we are so simpatico in a lot of ways because of the, the athletic stuff. I know you've been uh, training a lot and doing the triathlons, and I know that we talked about yes. that. So if I'm in Miami, we're going to train so you can smoke Ben Moss every time. No questions asked. <laughs> <laughs> we could get get you better at swimming and, and the whole thing. Um but Angel, is there anything that we um, we didn't touch on today that you want to want to talk about? And I'm definitely going to have you come on again um, and kind of give us a recap and, and talk to you more about stuff. Is there anything that we wanted to touch on today that we didn't cover? Well, you know, at the end there, you talked about your son and, and, and um, you know, not like he doesn't care, right? Um, whether you have a deal or not. Uh, and then you can't take those times back. You can't go back in time and, and have those 30 minutes with him swimming or seeing him do something for the first time. You just can't go back. And that kind of hit home for me because that's something that is very personal for me because I kind of grew up without a dad. My dad was always working and, and I don't blame him, right? He was trying to provide for the family, but he was literally always working. And I didn't get like, oh, he's trying to provide for the family. All I wanted for him to like, hey, come to one of my baseball games. You know, come mm -hmm. play catch with me once, like, you know, like, yeah. and then there's uh, Father's Day and, or when it comes to the baseball team and the fathers are there and my dad wasn't there because, so I guess that's the only thing that, that, that I will say is, is so important for us professionals and, and apparently you figured it out uh, to also uh, structure a time to have fun, spend time with family. Um, because if we, if we're not intentional about it, it's just never going to happen. And, you know, we, we are the kind of people that just like to work uh, because we're so structured, um, and we want to win and we want to be the best we can be. So it's easy to just put our heads down and forget about the world. Uh, so it's, it's been challenging for me and something that I'm consistently working on. Um, and I'm glad you brought it up because it's, it's now it's super important for me to spend quality time with my daughter yeah. um, and it's not like oh when i have time no it's intentional i'm intentional about it now and that's yeah. the only way it would work uh oh, you're a great dad. so that's that yeah well thank you thank you and i definitely need a swimming lesson from you so that's well, my that, biggest weakness yeah that's what <laughs> I, I need you so much i no i'm problem. okay with running i'm pretty good on the bike um and yes my motivation was not necessarily to beat ben moss but now it is so i need your help and <laughs> ben moss i'm coming for you <laughs> there you go you heard it ben challenge thrown down it's happening um Angel, tell everybody where they can find you, follow you, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, website. Yeah, so um, we are very active on Instagram. It's angel underscore Nicholas. My full name, Angel Nicholas. Uh, we also have the Nicholas Group, at the Nicholas Group. But we are everywhere. We are on YouTube, the Nicholas Group, 
Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, TikTok now. We're getting big right. into TikTok. Yep. Uh, it's fun. People like it. And my email is angel at thenicholasgroup.com. And whatever you need in Florida, uh, whether it is real estate or not, we're here to help. And if we're not, if we can't help you, we will uh, find someone that can help you. Well, Angel, it's been an absolute pleasure, a ton of fun, and hopefully we'll get to meet up soon and uh, get some laps in. And uh, thank you again so much. And everybody listening and watching out there, until next time, everybody, Mike Ferraro, Leading Lifestyle Agent, Leaders of Lifestyle Podcast. Take care. Thank you.